Hey, Chrissy here. I am a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer, and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with anyone who's interested. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Thank you for joining me to nerd out on design. Don't forget to subscribe and to share too. Let's create something great together. In the very broad field of landscape design, there are multiple credentials that you will come across. At the end of someone's signature line in their email, you will see many different acronyms. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not. Some of them are assigned as being part of an association like APLD or ASLA. Others are for various other types of credentials like licenses or certifications that they hold. Today, I want to touch on a few of the most common. I definitely won't hit them all and what it means to you as a designer to have their credential and what it means to your clients. The most common credentials found amongst amongst us are licensed landscape architect. That's me. Certified professional landscape designer. Certified professional horticulturist. Another certification that I have is EcoPro. I will touch on this one briefly, but mainly focus on the first three. Again, this is not an exhaustive list. There are so many more. Anyone can call themselves a landscape designer. There's no requirement of experience, education, or aptitude to call yourself a designer or to deliver those services in the residential sector. But boy, is there a difference in the range of experience and knowledge amongst landscape designers. I think that is the primary reason any of us seek out certification, is to distinguish ourselves from the crowd and to be able to put a name to the level of experience and skill that we have. Even if our clients don't really know what that certification means or understand what it takes to get that certification, there's something about the credentials that is like a uniform, indicating a level of professionalism that brings them comfort. For those of us who know what it takes to get those credentials, is it worth the time and effort just for a few letters at the end of your name? I definitely think it is. We will start with the title and credential of Landscape Architect. Because it shares its name with a very well-known credential of being an architect, it is often the most quote unquote, known amongst clients and those outside of our industry. I say that in that way because although many clients will call me thinking that they need a landscape architect, often they do not need someone with that credential. Technically, there are instances where they do, but not always. Before getting into what it takes to get, I will touch on why I have it. First, I went to college for it. And the degree I received from Washington State University is a Bachelor's of Landscape Architecture. A few years after graduating, I had already figured out which sector of the very broad field of landscape architecture I wanted to build my career in. That being residential. There are very, very few instances within residential landscape design in which a license in landscape architecture is necessary. But I sought it out anyways. Part of it was that I got my degree in it 
and wanted to be able to call myself a landscape architect. And without having that license, I cannot. The second part was that I was very young at the time and working in a capacity above most designers of my age. And to be honest, I felt very self-conscious about the comments I received about my age. It didn't help that I looked even younger than I was on top of it all. I was taking the lead on projects and working on designs for multi-million dollar estates at the age of 20. The credential gave me a confidence and also a backing of my skill and knowledge that I could present to clients. Now, I keep the certification partly because I worked so hard to get it and I cannot imagine ever letting it go, but I also have enough projects that come along that do require the certification to keep it for more than just vanity. Each individual state approves and issues licensure to landscape architects and monitors and regulates their activities to maintain licensure. So you might be wondering when a landscape architect's license might be necessary. The most common instances are going to be commercial and municipal work, anything where public safety comes into play. But for residential projects, there are still instances where it might be needed. I use my LA stamp most often for structural documents for deck permits. Most jurisdictions require that these documents are prepared by either an architect landscape architect, or structural engineer. There are occasionally deck projects where I also need to obtain engineering documentation as well. But if I'm already working on the deck design, it's much easier for me to prepare those structural documents and make sure that the posts land where I want them to, to work with the landscape plan around it. And that way I can prepare those documents as part of the overall design for permits. Another instance for residential design where I utilize my license is in large-scale drainage plans for LDA permits. I work on a lot of properties with acreage, and especially when we're doing a lot of changes, large impervious surface impacts, or if they're also in conjunction doing home remodels, this is when that comes into play. In addition, I have found that anytime a design needs to go into permit, regardless of what the permit is for, if it's for the landscape, having the drawing stamped by a licensed landscape architect can often help in speeding things along. I also do a fair amount of short plat landscape designs, which need to be stamped. Some jurisdictions also have quite a complicated regulation around tree clearing, tree canopy calculations, in addition to species selection and percentage of evergreen plantings. The short plot projects, and occasionally also on small commercial projects I work on, also require a letter of completion to be prepared and stamped by me to declare that the installation followed my plan and meets the original requirements. It's all a matter of the jurisdiction doing what they can to ensure that the regulations are being upheld and that it's being designed in a matter by someone that knows what they're doing. Not to say that there aren't designers out there without an LA license that would know what to do and could do it just as well. To acquire a license of landscape architecture, you have to have a total number of seven years of experience in the field. This does vary state to date 
state to state, so I'm only speaking to the Washington requirements. I've never looked into any other state. This seven-year requirement is a combination of education and a minimum of three years work experience under direct supervision of a licensed landscape architect. Your education experience has to be through an accredited program to count towards the requirement. There are some additional options to achieve this without an accredited degree, but the experience requirement goes up. Once completed, you also need to pass the LAIR. This is short for Landscape Architecture Registration Exam. This exam is brutal for most people. There are a total of five sections, and all five sections have to be completed within a five-year window, or get this, you have to start all over again. The passing rates for each section range from 72% for the easiest section to a dismal 37% for the most challenging section. The last section is a graphic exam using a series of 11 by 17 vignettes, testing the ability to conduct site grading, drainage, and stormwater management. It is graded on the ability to not only design solutions that work, but places site elements in a way that reduces the grading impact, manages stormwater effectively, and conserves natural resources. And you can imagine, based on the passing rate, that most people have to take this section multiple times. After you pass all the sections of the layer, you can then submit your application to the state with documentation of your education, your exam, and your work experience. I obtained my license exactly three years after I graduated from college because I started taking the exam sections as soon as I was eligible and was diligent in documenting my work experience throughout the process so that when the time came, all I had to do was mail it all in. The next credential I want to talk about is to become a certified professional landscape designer. This is a certification awarded by APLD. For those of you that don't know, this is Association of Professional Landscape Designers. This process is less rigorous than obtaining a landscape architecture license, but still robust and technical enough to ensure that only those deserving of the certification are able to acquire it. To be eligible to become a Certified Professional Landscape Designer, or CPLD for short, you do have to have a minimum of three years of professional landscape design experience, and that can be in business for yourself or working under someone else. And you have to have a minimum of an associate's degree or higher. And the degree can be in any related field. So it could be in landscape architecture, it could be in landscape design, horticulture, architecture, sustainability. There's a lot of different options there. The certification process involves submitting a complete package of examples of work that have been selected and catered to fit the criteria upon which the certification board needs to evaluate your aptitude on. In short, to obtain this credential, you must have enough high quality work to submit that proves that you are not only a competent designer, but have a solid understanding and abilities in multiple facets of the field. Eventually, this accreditation will likely also involve an exam. Although that may sound daunting to some, the advantage of an exam is that it not only takes the subjectiveness out of much of the review process, but it will also allow each candidate to be evaluated on topics that they might not have work that they can showcase 
allowing them to be eligible for the certification sooner. This certification is not as well known to the general public, but becomes a resume builder and a talking point when discussing your skills to a potential client. Unlike the next certification, this one covers both site and hardscape design as well as planting. Next up is Certified Professional Horticulturist, or CPH for short. And just as it sounds, it is a certification for horticultural knowledge. Its focus is on plant identification, plant design basics, and understanding of habitat, pest, and disease, as well as soils and pruning. This accreditation is received through WSNLA, which is the Washington State Nursery and Landscape Association. To obtain this credential, you will need to pass the CPH exam. Most applicants will take a sponsored study course prior, but it's not a requirement. This certification is based solely on knowledge of plants and topics directly related to plants. It does not cover any hardscape, grading, drainage, structural, or legal knowledge. If you want to learn more about the paths to obtaining any of these credentials, you can find more about an LA license through your state's Department of Licensing and through CLARB and APLD.org for becoming a Certified Professional Landscape Designer and WSNLA.org for both CPH and EcoPro. And if you missed that, I will put all of those links in the show notes. I hope you reach out and let me know what certifications you hold, which ones you think are the most valuable to your work, and maybe even which ones you're working towards or have on the horizon as goals. The thing to remember is that anyone can call themselves a landscape designer. There's no requirement of experience, education, or aptitude to call yourself a designer or to deliver those services in the residential sector. Anything that we can do to distinguish ourselves from the crowd and to be able to put a name on that level of experience and skill set that we have will help you in ensuring that your clients and customers understand what is different about you setting you apart from your peers and ensuring that they feel comfortable and confident in your abilities before they've had the opportunity to work with you and know how great you really are. To wrap up, I want to thank you for your time. I hope the ideas discussed today have left you feeling excited and energized. As I build both my business and my life, I value the support and feedback you provide. I would love for you to reach out to me to let me know what you think. Give me ideas or just to connect. Please don't forget to subscribe and also share with a friend. Until next time, go create something wonderful.